Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Really excited to have all of you join us here today. Hello, Mr. Benny. Adley doodly. Yep, we're having a great time, aren't we? Oh, yeah, every day. Every day in every way. Ah, ooh, every day look at in you. every way. Are you emceeing again? You rapping? Are you coming out? I'm coming out again. <laughs> nice. That's what I'm doing. Rapping, that's, that's what I'm thinking I'm going to do. Rapping Pat. That's it. <laughs> well, I am from the Bronx. Along with Jenny. Yes, <laughs> along with rap music and hip hop, mm-hmm. of course. Are you going to put an album and together? I think I could. I think, I think that's going to be in my next lifetime, though. <laughs> I, I could totally be in my next lifetime. It'll be right now. It'll be right now. It'll be right now. We got a great show. Uh, did you happen to watch the Emmys last night? You know what? I did not catch that. I had my kids, and so we were just running around, didn't have a chance, and uh, you know, we're just trying to take care of most of the day i i've been trying to catch up on it this morning and and seeing a little bit of it um of the award winners but i haven't really followed too closely of it this year so i just gotta give a shout out to billy porter oh yeah billy billy you did it billy porter uh but i i also want to give a shout out to michelle williams if if you don't really listen to any of the other speeches or any of that, listen to what Michelle Williams said in her acceptance speech. I think that, you know, uh, 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 for most of us, it's this fascination with how we come around to honor people for the work they do. That's what the Emmys are about. They aren't, we honor people for the work they do. But the question is, we so want to know more about people. You know, I think it's inherent in us, Benny, that we seek the truth. And the reason I'm saying that is because we find it in many, many ways. We just heard it from Dr. Atwater in the last show, and you're going to hear it today from David Young. But what it, it, what it is about us is we have a sense And the sense we have when we hear something, we have this strange feeling about things. And we say, ah, you know, I know I should believe this, but dot, 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 dot. And for many of you out there, we are looking at that as we explore 2,000 years ago. And what we have come to know about the man that walked the earth, the man that we call Jesus. And more importantly, why is it that people are extremely fascinated with Mary Magdalene? 
and Mary Magdalena. But what is it about that? You know, why is it that some of us, when we're at a very young age, in my case, in Catholic boarding school, were so curious and asked questions about things that we were not supposed to question, but especially about the two Marys. And if you're like me, and you pretty much flunked catechism the first time out because you couldn't get the two Marys right, then maybe what you were trying to do is understand or search for a truth that perhaps didn't exist. But today, we're going to talk with David Young. And if, if, if you've seen, if you were probably listening to the before the show, so you heard me say to him that this book that I have in front of me is more like a work of art because it is for somebody like me who is really visual. But more than that, when we take a look and we, we talk about things like an untold truth, what is it going to reveal to us? And that's pretty much where we're going to go with this show. Because, you know, David is an author, he's a speaker, he's a teacher, you know, hundreds of meditation workshops, he's a musician. And what is it about this story, this story, this Mary Magdalena story, right, that caught his attention? David, great to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Nice to be with you guys. Okay, I got to ask you about the fascination, because I got to say for myself, it was a fascination. I don't really know how to explain it when you're five years old or six years old, other than that. But there is this sense of, of Mary Magdalena, there's, there is this sense about who she might have been that seems very, very different than what is written in different places in the Bible and other places. But what was your fascination? What got your attention? Well, with Mary Magdalene, I really didn't have any connection with her at all. What happened mm-hmm. was that I was doing these meditation events called A Portal Between Heaven and Earth, and I've done 462 of them as of last night. And people were consistently sharing that they were having experiences with Jesus, Mother Mary, and Mary Magdalene. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about her, and but she was giving people guidance at my event that was good guidance, you know. it was You could tell that there was wisdom in what, what people were sharing of what she had to say. And my ex-girlfriend was really an incredible channeler, and she used to channel Jesus every day for me just because... Um, over a thousand people come to my event have had a conversation or spiritual travel with him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And a whole bunch of them have had experiences with Mary Magdalene and Mother Mary also. And so th- the story started coming together where um, he and Mary Magdalene would show up as, you know, as husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, it was very weird for me because you know, I've been meditating for 36 years, and, you know, I had different reasons to respect Jesus. I grew up Jewish, so I didn't respect him like, a, you know, somebody who's a fundamentalist who would look up to him, because I, I just didn't believe that story in the Bible. But one of the interesting things that I found is that there are so many people like yourself who, as a kid growing up in Catholic school, 
it just didn't resonate with them when the nuns would teach them that Jesus didn't have a wife. They just they just never could accept that. And a lot of people got in trouble in school because they would say to their to the nuns, they would say, No, Jesus did have a wife. He did have a wife. And that would get them in trouble with the nuns and everything. But if you think about it, Everybody knows that Jesus was Jewish, and his real name was Yeshua. Yeah. Most people don't realize that there are five places in the Bible where he is called rabbi. Now, yeah. In order to become a rabbi, there's two things that you have to have first, two prerequisites that you have to have before you can become a rabbi. You have to have a wife. Yeah. And you have to have, and you have to have children. So for in order for him to be the rabbi, and he's called the rabbi five times, he needs to have a wife and kids first. Mm-hmm. Now, most people don't realize why the missing years of his life start when he was 12 years old. Because he was Jewish, he started studying for his bar mitzvah when he was 12. And that's why they removed the started the missing years of his life when he was 12. So this way, they wouldn't be promoting his Jewish heritage. And that's when he started studying for his bar mitzvah. Yeah, but but it, it, in in and you have to think about this, right? From a from a, let's just be naive for a minute, you and I. After everything that we have that has been written about his life, the oddity of that many years missing has to at least have some people scratch their heads. For sure, I I started to look at this thing. Kind of like from a detective point of view, because yeah. growing up in a Jewish family, um, like we weren't we weren't even allowed to say his name in our house because most Jewish people there's never a reason to say his name in your house just because yeah. they don't recognize him as anything. Okay, and you know it's an, an interesting thing to think about the fact that all of the original Bible did not have a virgin birth in the Bible. And the first mm-hmm. mention of a virgin birth in the in the Christian Bible happened 381 years after everything happened, and that was when Emperor Constantine, who was yeah. the Roman emperor at the time, he called a big meeting um, in Turkey at this beautiful place called Nicaea, and he had all the bishops from all over the Roman Empire meet there to have a big meeting because they were having so many problems because half of the people in the Roman Empire Roman Empire thought that Jesus was God, and the other half believed that he was born a man who eventually became godlike, and eventually God adopted him. And there were so many fights and riots all over the Roman Empire about this. They they call a big meeting, and they took a bunch of things out of the Bible that were confusing people. Well, how can he be the only son of God if he has brothers? Yeah, that was a big question. And yeah, one of the things is. that they <laughs> Um, it's kind of amazing that anybody could overlook that, but one of the things that they decided to add to the Bible was because there were five other religions around at that time that all had a virgin birth in their Bible. So Mithraism had a virgin birth in their Bible, and Mithra was supposedly born of a virgin birth. There were three wise men who appeared at his birth to his mother, and there was a special star that appeared in the sky in the story of Mithra with the religion called Mithraism. And Dionysus had the same story about his virgin birth with the three wise men and the special star that appeared in the sky. 
and Horus, the Egyptian god who is the son of Isis, the goddess Isis, had the exact same story of a virgin birth with three wise men appearing in his birth and that special star appearing in the sky. Now, Horus was born thousands of years yeah. before Jesus was born, and, and he was recognized as, as one of the gods. And he had a holiday that people celebrated for thousands of years before Jesus was born. Horus's birthday was celebrated as a holiday on December 25th for thousands of years before Jesus was ever even a thought. So if you look up all the history of all those religions and every one of them, their, you know, their birthday was December 25th, it's obvious that that was a holiday before Jesus was born. And the reason why Emperor Constantine changed the Bible at that point and added the virgin birth to the Bible 381 years later is only because he didn't want Mithraism and these other religions to look cooler than Christianity, because all these other religions had a virgin birth in their Bible, and Christianity was the only one that did not have a virgin birth in the Bible. So they added that to the Bible just to compete with the other religions. It was There is no such thing as a virgin birth in any of the religions, to tell you the truth. But, you know, just, just think about that. Just think about how the world changed just to try to keep up with other religions that had a virgin birth in their, in their scripture. Yeah. I mean, these are many things now that we, uh, and, uh, and, and first of all, we're going to talk about this when we come back from break, but I, I want to say a couple of things uh, about the way that you're bringing this story to life. Um, first of all, Benny, you should know we have three copies of this to give away along with the uh, CDs. But one of the things that I loved about this is as you take us through this beautiful book, you know, there is music that accompanies each chapter. And I love that you put a scanning device in the book to do that. But more importantly, this book and the way that you're presenting this book gives us an exploration of things that we've been holding on to in our consciousness, but have never been afraid to ask. I mean, I'm the, I got kicked out of Catholic boarding school because I couldn't figure out where people came from. Because when you talk about, you know, Adam and Eve and you talk, when you go through the whole history, I didn't quite understand how people came from that. I'm a little, I'm six years old and I couldn't figure out how two men created the rest of humanity. And this was way before we're talking about the modern times we live in. But for me, having an answer as a six-year-old and it still didn't make sense and then getting in trouble for even asking the question didn't deter me from being curious. It even made me more, more curious. When we come back, you know, we're going to take a journey through this book, but we're also going to take a journey through what we believe and what's possible. This is just a small taste. I got to tell you, I don't know how we're going to get to everything in today's show. Maybe we're going to have to skip a break or two. This is a small taste of this beautiful, beautiful book and messaging that David Young has put together. 
the true story of Jesus and his wife, Mary Magdalena, and the untold truth through art and evidential channeling. When we come back, we're going to talk about how all of that comes to life in this work of art, this book. We'll be right back. Dream on, lie high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on transformationtalkradio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit burnbrighttoday.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Are you your story? Or can you change your story? Can you change what you believe to be true about yourself and your circumstances as part of your healing journey? What if you were to change your expectations? What if you were to invite ease and cooperation into every day and then step back and see what happens? It might just be easier. I'm Megan Edge, and I hope that you'll join me on my new radio show, Playing on the Edge, Radical Change with Ease, with my co-host, Dr. Pat, on Transformation Talk Radio. I look forward to seeing you there. Want to find out more about Megan Edge? Visit her website at meganedge.ca. Discover the creative genius within on Creative Voice Radio with Gwen Fox each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in for a conversation that will inspire, motivate, and empower you to share your inner vision with the world. Make the deep connection between art and spirituality to take your artistic expression beyond anything you dream possible. Say yes to fear. Say yes to the creative genius within. For more information about Creative Voice Radio and working with Gwen, visit GwenFox.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. And as I said before, we are going to give a copy of the book away and a CD, uh, The True Story of Jesus and His Wife, Mary Magdalena, The Untold Truth Through Art and Evidential Channeling. David Young uh, is the author of this. But most importantly, we're going to talk about how this book, not only how it was written, but how it was designed. Because when you go to each chapter, there's a scanning code that you, you know, if you're like many of us, we have these scan readers on our phone. 
that if you scan it, there's a company in music, and David's going to tell us why. Um, but Benny, let's do this. Let's give our first copy of the book away. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. And David, can you take a moment and let folks know how they can find out more about you? Sure. My website is davidyoungmusic.com. And the book is available as a hardcover book. It's 13 inches by 10 inches. Every page is in full color because some of the paintings that I made are in the book because I channeled where Jesus and Mary Magdalene lived in the famous cave of Mary Magdalene in, in the south of France. And I made paintings a year or two before I knew anything about this, that once I got to this cave, I realized I had been making paintings of, of that cave long before I knew anything about that story. So the book is in full color. It's also available as an audio book with me narrating the story, and it's also available as an e-book that has the, the paintings with the e-book, and it's in English and Spanish. Mm. Um, for one of the, the things I want to talk with you about right out of the gate is, you know, part of the, the beauty in me reading this book is to see and hear of your personal experience and how your personal experiences meld into the creation of what's in the book. Um, And so as I think about this, I, I was really struck by asking for you to talk about the experience that parallels some of the chapters in a book, right? You know, everything from the perspective of taking a trip and getting a sense of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and Mother Mary all being present. Well, there's a gigantic piece of the puzzle that's missing in the Bible. And if you just connect these two dots, everything is going to make more sense. What the Bible asks people to do is take gigantic leaps of, of faith, and not only faith, but leaps in your common sense, because we all know it is impossible for somebody to disappear. If you went to the police station and said, uh, excuse me, sir, but my teacher in school just disappeared, they would kick you out of the police station because how could anybody disappear? But the Bible says that Jesus disappeared. Nobody can disappear. It's not chemically or biologically possible for somebody to disappear. Now, the two huge pieces of the puzzle that are missing that people don't realize is that the last place that Jesus is seen is in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. The last person in the Bible who sees Jesus at the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea is Mary Magdalene. Most people don't know that Mary Magdalene's father was Joseph of Arimathea. Joseph of Arimathea was a one of the wealthiest businessmen. He was a merchant, and he had houses all over Israel. He had houses in Jerusalem. He had houses in Magdala, which is on the Sea of, sea of Galilee, which is where Mary Magdalene's last name comes from. But he was a rock star. He, he had tons and tons of money. When most people didn't have enough money for a shovel, he had a, his own tomb. And the reason why Jesus' body was put into the of Joseph of Arimathea is because Joseph of Arimathea was his father-in-law. He was married to his daughter, who was Mary Magdalene. Now, 
most people don't realize why Jesus was taken down off the cross after six hours, because ordinarily, mm-hmm. you know, tons and tons, thousands of people were, were tortured and killed that way with a crucifixion back then, because that's the way they did public punishment, okay? But the reason why Jesus was crucified for only six hours and not three days like everybody else is because the way the whole thing worked out, he was arrested on the on two days before the Jewish holiday of Passover, and he was mm-hmm. court-martialed on the day before Passover, and right after the sentence, he was, he was crucified like that. But most people don't realize that that was on the eve of Passover, and that there was a Roman law back then that stated that a Jewish person could not be tortured over a Jewish holiday. The Jewish holiday starts at sundown. So on sundown, at sundown, on that first day, after six hours of him being on the cross, a Roman soldier took him down off the cross because that was the rule. He was Jewish. He had to be taken down off the cross because the Jewish holiday was beginning at sundown. That Roman soldier put his body in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, the other two guys that were crucified with him, along with him, didn't get put in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. He was put in that tomb because Joseph of Arimathea was his father-in-law. Okay? Now, one of the things that happened was that my ex-girlfriend channeled this next part, and then it got verified in two different ways, but my ex-girlfriend channeled that this Roman soldier allowed Mary Magdalene and her sister Martha, that's another Mary in the Bible, allowed Mary Magdalene and her sister into the, into the tomb to change the, the bandages on his hands and on his feet and on his ribs each day. And on the third day, this Roman soldier brought a wooden cart that was covered by hay, and the cart was pulled by a horse. He brings that cart to the, to the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, where Jesus is in in a coma. His body had gone into shock like anybody who would be tortured like that. Your body would go into shock. And this Roman soldier took his body out of the tomb while he's in a coma. He puts his body in the center of the cart and covers his body with hay. And now it just looks like a wooden cart that has a bunch of hay on the back of it. Mary Magdalene rode the horse, and that is how they escaped. He lived to be 72 years old, and Mary Magdalene lived to be in her 50s. When I shared that story at Unity of Sedona, when I did an event at Unity of, of Sedona in, I think it was 2017, yeah. this, woman raised her, this woman raised her hand and said, I'm the office manager here at Unity of Sedona. And we have a monthly Mary Magdalene channeling group where there's 15 women in our group, and once a month we channel Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene gave us the exact same story that you just told us about the Roman soldier taking him down off the cross after six hours, putting him in the tomb, and then three days later bringing that wooden cart covered by hay, putting Jesus' body in the center of the cart, covering his body with hay, Mary Magdalene riding the horse. Mary Magdalene told every woman in our channel with the exact same story, and we went out and bought every single channel book by Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and Mother Mary, and that story is not in any of those books. Wow. I mean, for you, as we thinking about this and as you're documenting this and you're bringing this message forward, um, 
to have this kind of cross-referencing is, first of all, it's amazing. But secondly, doesn't it really open up the door for you to want more? I want to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk about that. Because as the as the pieces of the puzzle start to get start to add up, so to speak, and start to be put in place, ultimately, what does it reveal? And what is the message that we're meant to hear here? We're going to take a short break. We're going to be right back with my very special guest today. And as I said before, we're giving copies of this book away, David Young. Uh, and when we come back, I want to really just give you all a sense of two things. One is the power of these message, but also, you know, the idea of eternal love. How does it carry through? And how does this relate to the many, many beautiful images in the book? Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. People often ask, what does it mean to thrive? On Thrive by Gen Radio, it means body confidence, mind fulfillment, and soul synchronicity. Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Are you truly ready to experience overflow in every area of your life? Are you ready to go from limited to limitless? Imagine starting your week off with a deeper connection to the God consciousness. It's time for you to feel inspired, uplifted, and shifted. I invite you to join me, Tracy L, online or in person for our Soul Sundays. Start your week off feeling empowered and ready to serve and expand the miracles waiting for you. Has your buzz for life buzzed off? Feeling ignored, invisible, and wondering if this is really all there is? The years go by faster as we gain momentum. You're halfway there. Are you gathering speed or puttering out? Hit your stride for the liberating half of life. Comfortable in your skin? You can do better than that. Tune in to Discovering You Again Radio every fourth Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as host Susan Axelrod encourages listeners to decide what they want, get inspired to action, and face challenges head-on. Host Susan Axelrod pulls no punches, encouraging you to grab the brass ring and soar. For more information about Susan, go to www.whatwillyourlegacybe.com. Tap into the wisdom of animals, angels, and masters with Darcy Pariso on Animal Soul Wisdom Radio. Tune in monthly as Darcy brings insights on how to better understand and deepen our relationships with animals. 
working with light and pureness of ancient techniques, Darcy, healer, animal communicator, and medium, is here to guide you through this process and provide inspiration to move forward. For more information about working with Darcy, visit DarcyPariso.com. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, the true story of Jesus and his wife, Mary Magdalena, the untold truth through art and evidential channeling. And one of the things I want to say about the book, and we're going to talk about this as we go through it, uh, David Young is joining me here today. This is this has been a work of art and what he's put together. Um, and for those of you out there, more than the book, uh, you could certainly find out more about David. It's very, very simple to do. Just go to his website, davidyoungmusic.com. And you'll be able to find out more about that. Take a look at the book. But more than the book, there are many, many other things on the website for you to to really engage in. Um, you know, David, one of the things I was talking to you about was this is not just a book of words. So let's talk about that from an impression point of view. It's not just a book. You know, most people get a book and it's very, very small these days. This is a big book in terms of its size, but it needed to be. And, you know, when I went through the book for the first time, I started to read it. What I found was interesting. What I found is the, it was that the images that I looked at as they related to the chapter um, for somebody like me were more of what I grabbed onto than the words. I was really fascinated by it. And when I looked at, let's just say, one of the chapters on eternal love, right, and the Eiffel Tower, one of the things I looked at, I was really struck by that image. And what was it like for you and putting this together and really feeling the combined mess message that this brings forth? Well, what you're describing is because it's 50 of my paintings that are in the book. Yeah. And there are pages that have entire painting on it, and then there are pages where the painting is ghosted in the background underneath what you're reading as the words. I didn't know that these paintings were going to be part of this book. That wasn't the original plan, because, you know, when you think of a book, it's normally black words on white paper, you know? Yeah. But once, when I got back from France and I realized that many of these paintings that I had been making were all connected to their story, Jesus and Mary Magdalene's story. Um, it just became like a fascinating discovery process for me because as I'm looking through my paintings, I'm realizing that their images are part of so many of these paintings that I thought were just abstract paintings. I wasn't painting these with an intention of making it look like anything, because that's not what you do with abstract paintings, you know? And once I realized that we were able to use ghosted images, like subtle images of the paintings underneath the words, it was so exciting, because all of a sudden, now this is more than just a book. Because, you know, when, when we experience spirit, you know, we experience spirit as sound, we experience spirit, spirit as light. You know, whatever light that we see during our meditation, and I realized, holy cow, all of these images are going to be able to bring the energy um, 
the color energy. Like when, when you're meditating and you see the, the inner light, that has a certain energy to it. And when you're meditating and you hear those spiritual sounds while you're meditating, that adds to your experience. And I realized that this book was becoming like a transmitter of their energy through light and sound. Um, it was so exciting when those pieces of the puzzle came together because I realized it was so much more than just a book, you know. In the chapter that, um, there's a very famous cave in the south of France called the Cave of Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a very famous church, a basilica, called the Basilica of St. Mary Magdalene. And I think it's really important to share that with your listeners just because... Yes, please. Histori- yeah, this is historical. This is not the yes. opinion. You know? Yeah. Um, in the year 1279, a French nobleman was visited in a dream by Mary Magdalene, who told this French nobleman that her her bones were buried in a box under a little church in the south of France in a little village called St. Maximin. This dream was so powerful in the year 1279 that this French nobleman actually took a crew down to the south of France, found the little church, went under the church, and found this wooden box. When he opened up the box, he could see inside that there were human bones in the box. And there was a handwritten letter in the box with the bones. And that handwritten letter said, Here lie the bones of St. Mary Magdalene. That French nobleman built a giant basilica over that little, that little church, and they changed the name of the town in the year 1279 from St. Maximin to St. Maximin le St. Baume. And the word Baum in French means cave because everyone in that area knew that Mary Magdalene lived in this cave not too far away from where they ended up building the church and where they ended up finding her bones. That's a historical record when they change it now. That's not somebody's opinion. That's in the history books of that town. And what everybody knows is that Mary Magdalene lived in that cave. But what very few people know is that Mary Magdalene saved Jesus' life with that the help of that Roman soldier and with the wooden cart and that horse and that whole scenario. And that Jesus and Mary Magdalene made their way 2,619 miles up to the south of France simply by following the river that goes out of the Sea of Galilee that heads north through the Middle East, and eventually they headed over over Italy and settled in the south of France. Jesus lived in that cave with Mary Magdalene. While Mimi and I, who is my ex-girlfriend, were in the, in the cave because it's a, a place where people go to, to see. While we were in that cave, Jesus appeared to, to Mimi and told Mimi that this is where they lived out the happiest years of their life and that he delivered their fourth child in the cave and their, that child's name was Sarah. They had three children initially from the time he was 30 to 33 years old. And when that horrible thing happened, Mary Magdalene had to make the most difficult decision any person would ever make. She had a choice of letting her husband die Mm -hmm. or giving the guardianship of their three children over to Mother Mary so she could try to save his life. And she chose to save her husband's life 
And those three children who were one and two and three years old grew up thinking that Mother Mary was their mom. Actually, Ah. Mother Mary was their grandmother. Mm -hmm. And these people had been having experiences their whole life. Like the same way when you were six years old and, and you had that experience. I've heard so many people who have come to my event and had a confirming meditation at my event where Jesus and Mary Magdalene appeared to them, where Mother Mary appeared to them, and clarified why they had been having dreams with them their entire life. I have met people who were the reincarnations of their first three children, and they didn't remember anything about Mary Magdalene or Jesus at all. The only thing they remembered that they had dreams of ever since they were little kids was that Mother Mary was cooking and baking in a kitchen, and they were a little girl watching their mom cook and bake in the kitchen. It wasn't actually their mom, even though they called Mother Mary mom. She was actually their grandmother. And, you know, there are so many stories now, David, that we find surfacing. One of them you address in the book, and I want to talk with you about it. Uh, for a minute. And Benny, 1-800-930-2819. Love to give a copy of the book away. Another one, 1-800-930-2819. Please give Benny a call. Um, One of the notions was, and this is something that I kind of latched on to at a very young age. And honestly, David, I can't tell you where it came from. Um, There was the idea of always related to Mary Magdalene. But was this idea in my consciousness that she never had to worry about money or providing, never even entered my mind, you know? So this idea that she was well off, so to speak, uh, even perhaps even a phenomenal business person in, in her own right. And when I really, when I remember that having that, that idea, um, I I couldn't explain where it came from. And of course, it isn't written anywhere. But then I saw it again in your book. Can you talk about that? Well, what happened was that Joseph of Arimathea, his wife, who was the mother of Mary Magdalene and her sister Martha, his wife died young. And what happened then was that what people did back then, if somebody lost, if some kids lost their parents, somebody would bring them in and raise them, kind of like adopt them. Yeah, yeah. And Mother Mary had brought Mary Magdalene in when her mother died and brought Mary Magdalene up like a daughter. Okay? Um, But her her dad, uh, Joseph of Anastasia, he was such a wealthy man. Um, She grew up having everything. And, And one of the things that they explained to me through Mimi was that when Jesus came back when he was 30 years old, where he was in the missing years of his life, if you look at the map, Israel is the country right next to Egypt, and the Red Sea separates Israel from Egypt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Egypt being the closest country to Israel, and Egypt was known for being a very spiritual place and for having mystery schools where people would, would learn spiritual mysteries of life. And this is one of the places where Jesus studied, because it was the closest place to where he grew up. If you were a spiritual seeker growing up in Israel, the first place you would go 
would be the Egypt. Then after that, if you look at the map, the Red Sea goes south and then it goes east to India. And he he said he loves to sail and he sailed to India as a you know as a sailor working on a ship. And that's where he studied and learned from all the gurus and all the yogis because you know Ayurvedic medicine and all of those teachings are five thousand years old. That meant they were three thousand years old when he went there. And he learned how to do magic and healing and all the things that he became famous for and known for. Where all the yogis and all the gurus in India know how to do that same magic and healing and all that stuff. But when he came back to Israel when he was 30 years old, he was the only guy who knew how to do this stuff. And so one of the things that happens is that Mother Mary introduces Jesus and Mary Magdalene at a wedding. And what Jesus and Mary Magdalene realize is that they have both studied at the same mystery schools in Egypt at different times, and they both had also studied from those gurus in India at different times also, because Mary Magdalene came from such a wealthy family, she was able to travel with protection, with bodyguards, and most people, you know, 99% of the people didn't grow up with that kind of money. Right. Because they were both so developed spiritually from studying from all these gurus in these different places, they could actually communicate telepathically without without using words. You, you, you know, David, one of the things that I, I I think there's so much in here and so much in, in the way that you bring this forward and the way you lay this out and how things were revealed to you and to Mimi, how things came forward and but to connect the dots in the way that you did is really masterful. I mean, it's one thing to have information. It's another thing to see how a story comes together. And uh, I want to ask you this. There's much for us to talk about, but I want to ask you this question. There are so many things that could be missing from what we're talking about. What would you say as we get ready to to end this? What for you today is the greatest mystery that has been on uh, that has been revealed as you went on this journey? Well, I couldn't it was I couldn't believe that he actually lived to be seventy two years old. Right. The story in the Bible, like, says he just disappeared. Mm. You know. And if you talk about what is intelligence, what is mm-hmm. somebody who is a smart person, we we judge a person's intelligence if what they're talking about is logical. Logic and intelligence are always connected in our society. So how logical is it that a man just disappears into thin air? Mm-hmm. When, people, when people die in the desert, they leave a skeleton. That's why we see skeletons in the desert. Why was there no skeleton left there? Why would why would somebody believe something that is so not logical? It's completely not logical to think somebody just disappeared into thin air. It's not possible. If it was possible, the scientists would have figured it out by now. They figured out how to heal a, a thousand different diseases, but they can't figure out how to make somebody disappear. That's because he didn't disappear. He didn't die. But the problem was at the time was that most of the people were pagans. 
most of Jesus' followers were Jewish because it was mm-hmm. kind of like the, the Jews hung out with the Jews and the pagans hung out with the pagans. That's, that's normal. That's just human nature. But the pagans in the Middle East did not believe in an afterlife, where the pagans in North America that we knew as the Native American Indians, they believed in a happy hunting ground. They believed in a heaven or a afterlife. The Celts and the Vikings, they also believed in an afterlife that they called the Valhalla. But the pagans in the Middle East did not believe in an afterlife. The first chance or the first time that the pagans in the Middle East started to believe in an afterlife was because Jesus' body disappeared. He was tortured. His feet was, had nails put through him. He couldn't walk anywhere. Where could he go? The thing is, is that Mary Magdalene and Mother Mary couldn't tell anybody about the wooden cart and the horse and that they were heading north because he was a fugitive. He was, a, he was looked at as a criminal. They couldn't tell anybody where he went. So people just assumed, and you know what happens when we assume, right? Yep, yep. You know, people just assumed that because he was a spiritual man that God took him up to heaven. That is the most unlogical, impossible thing. Nobody will ever convince anybody that it is possible for somebody to just disappear unless you believe that UFOs, UFOs can come down and take us away. And nobody wants to believe in UFOs. Because that's the only logical thing that would happen, how somebody's body could disappear like that. And I'm, believe me, I'm not saying I believe in UFOs, and I'm not saying that a UFO picked them up. I'm just saying it's completely unlogical. And everything that is based on intelligence in our society is based on logic. George Carlin used to have the great skit back in the 70s about, you know, how religion makes people believe things that nobody in their right mind would ever believe. <laughs> well, you know, when I went through and I read the rest of the book and I started, I grabbed onto a couple of things that I found very interesting and things that have really been a struggle, uh, not just for me, but for many people. I mean, I have a friend that is who is also Jewish, and she very, very quickly, first time we met, oh my gosh, many, many years ago, was very quick to point out to me exactly what you said about the fact that Jesus was referred to as a rabbi. And, you know, she was very clear that that was a sacred term and came with conditions. These are This is her words to me. You know, using that term and reference, especially then, it comes with conditions. But I wanted to to ask you this last question because I pulled it out of the book. I don't remember where. But it's a statement that says Jesus is probably one of the most misunderstood, if not misunderrepresented people. Um, And I know we got about three minutes left. After yeah, reading mean, this, it really is true, but it, it's not only true here. It's so true in our everyday life in certain extent, isn't it? Oh, yes. I mean, not only did that whole thing, his whole situation, that, that not only affected his life, but that has affected his afterlife. Yeah. It's affected his eternity because eternity, there's five billion people praying to him but don't need to pray to him because they're afraid that they're going to go to hell. We don't 
there is no hell the way the Bible makes it look. Everybody, everybody goes up to heaven at the end of his life in the same way that gravity, anything you drop pulls it down to the earth, right? Mm -hmm. That's what gravity does. At the end of his life, everybody goes up to heaven. I just did an event last month in Los Angeles, and this woman shared that 10 of her family members, 10 of her family members were killed in that Texas massacre in that church. Mm. All 10 of her family members appeared to her while I was playing the flute, and she was meditating at my event. All 10 of them appeared to her and told her that they had forgiven the killer. And the killer was with them when they showed up to her. They were all in heaven together. Wow. That was one of the most intense things I ever experienced in all the events that I've done over the last five years. Mm -hmm. Wow. He is the most misunderstood, misrepresented people. Exactly. He would never never say, I've heard over a thousand people share their conversation with him at at my event. He never puts himself above anybody. I'm serious. I've never heard him put himself above anyone. And he would never say something like, I am the the way and the truth and the light. He doesn't talk like that. What he would say is that if you treat your neighbors as, as yourself, that's the way to the light. But he mm-hmm. never put himself above because it's not true. There are so many ascended masters like Krishna, like Buddha, like St. Germain, so many of the ascended masters, and the goddesses like Isis and Mother Mary, Kuan Yin, they can all take us on these incredible spiritual journeys. They all have that same ability that Jesus has, that ability to, to guide people up through heaven. Yeah. He's not the only guy. It's not, it's not one way or the highway. That's not the way life works, or else life would be completely unfair. You grow up in a certain country that doesn't believe in a certain religion and doesn't believe in a certain Savior, and no matter what you do, you're going to hell. That's just ridiculous. Mm. Wow. Thank you. I want to thank you, David. Thank you for, for joining us today. But more importantly, thank you for really bringing a story to life the way you did. Thank you for doing that. Um, David Young, everybody. I'm Dr. Pat. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.